Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D, and today I'll be covering the case of Angie Fuller in Alice Springs, Australia. Let's get right to it. According to Australia.com, Alice Springs, or Alice as it's known to the locals, is what is considered the gateway to the Northern Territory's outback. The ancient desert is full of Aboriginal culture and Alice truly embodies the quintessential Australian spirit. The town sits almost smack dab in the middle of Australia and in the middle of two pretty well-known cities, with the North Territory of Darwin to its north and the South Australian city of Adelaide to the southeast. In early 2023, 30-year-old mother of two, Angie Fuller, was headed from Darwin back to Alice Springs, according to her father, as he spoke to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Now, it ain't just a little hop, skip, and a jump to get from Darwin to Alice Springs. While they are both located in the Northern Territory, Alice Springs is approximately 1,500 kilometers or 2,500 miles south of the capital city of Darwin. Even the most direct route via Stort Highway is about a 15-hour drive. But it was a drive Angie Fuller needed to make. You see, according to Angie's father, Tony Fuller, as he spoke to NBC News, Angie, who had previously struggled with substance use issues, was turning her life around and had started a new job at a drug and alcohol rehabilitation service in Alice Springs, a job that she was very eager to get back to. According to the Daily Telegraph, Angie had been in Darwin celebrating Christmas. But on Sunday, January 8, 2023, she was headed back to Alice Springs, ready to get back to work. It appears Angie did make it back to Alice Springs, but she never made it back to her new job. Three days after she left Darwin, Angie Fuller was reported missing. What happened? Who was the last person to see Angie and who exactly had reported Angie missing? 
Before we go any further, I just gotta say, there are many details about Angie's case that the NC police aren't releasing yet. While speculation and accusations run rampant online, this has only led to further confusion and rumors being repeated as facts. It's hard to decipher even the most basic details of Angie's case. Today, as we go through those details, for the most part, I'll be sticking to the facts that have been confirmed by police. When we discuss something that is unconfirmed, I'll make sure to make that clear. There are a couple of things that seem credible enough to mention that police have not yet confirmed. But I do want to be very clear, because I would never want to add to confusion or misdirection. Angie Fuller is still missing, and our only goal here today is to bring awareness to her case in the hopes that someone will bring information forward to investigators that will bring Angie home to her friends and family. With all that being said, let's get right back into it. As we just talked about on Sunday, January 8, 2023, Angie was headed back to her new job in Alice Springs after celebrating Christmas in Darwin. Three days later, on January 11th, she was reported missing, and by January 13th, police made public pleas for information. According to police, Angie had last been seen on the evening of Monday, January 9th. At the time, she was traveling on Tanami Road in her red Toyota Corolla 15 kilometers west of the intersection at Stort Highway. Tanami Road, or Tanami Track as it is also known, is a 1,013-kilometer long desert road that stretches from the Great Northern Highway near Halls Creek to the Stort Highway near Alice Springs. Police also revealed that Angie had last been seen wearing a black Nike singlet, a.k.a. a tank top, and a cream skirt. She was described as being of Asian appearance, around 165 centimeters tall, or 5 foot 5, with a medium build and long black hair with purple streaks. According to ABCAU, the last person to have seen her was her so-called boyfriend. Since no one has officially been named a suspect in Angie's disappearance, I'll be referring to him, much like the media has, as just the boyfriend although the fact that this guy was ever her boyfriend has been called into question. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, as police made that public plea for information, they asked specifically that anyone who had been traveling along the Tanami Road in the vicinity of the Stort Highway between 10 p.m. on January 9th and 9 a.m. the following day, who may have had dash cam footage, get in contact with them. What they didn't reveal right away is that according to news.com AU, roughly 12 hours after Angie was reported missing, her car was found abandoned on Tanami Road northwest of Alice Springs. Of course, a large-scale search of the area had been launched once they learned Angie was missing. According to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, a search and rescue operation had been underway, starting with 20 police officers and a drone. As time passed, more resources were called in, and police, as well as Angie's family, remained hopeful that she was somewhere near in the Australian bush and that she would be found. Six days after Angie disappeared, so that brings us to Sunday, January 15th. As police were out searching for Angie, they came across the boyfriend. And the exchange was, well, odd. The boyfriend filmed the entire interaction and later uploaded it to social media. I'll let you listen for yourself. 
And um, as in legal purposes, I mean like my car was randomly searched without my permission, without me standing there, and um, I found something. I said, "What's this? This is not mine." I, I know I searched my car, and uh, I, I was just, just for information. I know, I know. No, I'll just explain to you. The only reason I'll search your car is we've got a missing person. Yes. You're in the area that we conducted okay. a search. I'm just trying to figure out why you're here. I'm here because I'm, I'm going. Area. I'm. I, I, I have every right to be part of the yeah, search. Yeah, no, no I have worries. every right. And why am I here? Well, you know why I'm here. That's correct. Look for my... And I'm looking for a missing person. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out. That missing person is my girlfriend. Yeah, I know. All right. And I'm just trying to ascertain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you, in this you, car relating to that. Yeah, but I never recognise this in my life, and I swear that on the Bible, on God. You know, and that's just it. Yeah, as a sovereign man, like I, I, I respect the Commonwealth like grounds, but you know, I'm, I'm currently under what's going on. I'm stepping upon Commonwealth, you know, law, and it is what it is. But that is not mine. Hey Jake, just in case. Hey Jake, I'm not giving you a hard time, mate. We'll follow you out to make sure you don't get bogged, okay? Yep. We'll see you out on the road. I know some of that was a little hard to understand, so let's break it down. The boyfriend claimed police were searching his car without permission while he was in the area searching for Angie. The officer explained that he was searching the car to figure out if the car was related to Angie's disappearance. At one point, the boyfriend held up what appeared to be a small piece of green plastic that appeared to have been found in his car. He denied it was his and stated, I've never recognized this in my life, and I swear that on the Bible, on God, you know. And that's just it. He then explained that while he, quote, respects the Commonwealth, he is a sovereign citizen. In case you didn't know, a sovereign citizen is someone who believes that while they physically reside in a particular country, they are separate or sovereign from said country. Therefore, they do not believe that they have to follow the laws of the land. In Australia, as in America and many other countries, sovereign citizens claim that they don't need things like driver's licenses or license plates, they don't consent to searches, and some have even tried to use their sovereignty as a defense in criminal proceedings. There was not a single court case I could find in Australia where it had actually worked, or in the United States for that matter. And apparently, I wasn't the only one who couldn't find this claim holding up in court. Professor David Halpern, who just so happens to be Dean of Law at Southern Cross University, spoke to News.com AEU and said it's his well-researched understanding that a sovereign citizen has never successfully proven why they are immune from the rule of law in an Australian court. But that hasn't stopped the so-called sob-sit movement from growing in Australia and in Angie's case, the boyfriend, from claiming that as a sovereign citizen, the search of his car was unwarranted. And also, that whatever was in that small green plastic baggy-looking thing it appears from the video was found in his car wasn't his. I wish I could tell you exactly what the green plastic thing was, but there has been no official answer. I'll be sure to post the video to my socials so you can see it yourself. This wouldn't be the only time the boyfriend would claim that things in his car had been planted or moved around. In another video he posted to social media and later deleted, which I did manage to find a short clip of, he claimed a bag of zip ties found in his car had been moved. Take a listen. And um, I had um, my uh, zip ties in the back as well, and um, they weren't underneath my, you know, near the tire or anything, they were on top. 
think. I don't think I know. I know what goes on in my car. And uh, they were placed underneath. I was thinking, well, that's not right. I don't know if I was just getting tested by, cop, by this cop or what, but I'm going back full sovereign. I don't give a fuck. From what I gather, he's trying to say the bag of zip ties were moved and placed under what I'm assuming is his spare tire. And of course, he's going back full sovereign. For those like myself who aren't mechanically inclined, hearing that this guy was riding around with a bag of zip ties at first seemed alarming. However, it's really not that uncommon. According to my very mechanically inclined husband, zip ties come in handy for many quick auto repairs. Keep in mind too that this is the Australian Outback, and there's not an auto parts store on every corner. In fact, there are long stretches of road where you really need to plan your gas stops as gas stations are few and far between. Having the zip ties themselves isn't exactly suspicious. Talking about them on the internet when the woman you claim is your girlfriend is missing? Now that's a different story. And what is even more strange is the fact that after these videos made their way around social media, Angie Fuller's father spoke to ABC Australia and said that he was, quote, sickened by videos uploaded to social media by a man claiming to be her boyfriend, saying he had never met him and did not believe he was Angie's boyfriend. The Northern Territory Police, on the other hand, have referred repeatedly to the man we're calling the boyfriend as Angie's actual boyfriend. And at least one photo online has surfaced of what certainly appears to be Angie and the man together. This photo has not been mentioned at all by law enforcement. However, there is a date that appears on the picture. The date is 11-11-22. So two months prior to the day, Angie was reported missing. Is that date correct or has the photo been altered? Was the boyfriend actually the boyfriend? As with many things in Angie's case, the answer isn't exactly clear. On that same day, Sunday, January 15th, Police Superintendent Rob Ingalls spoke to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, revealing that recent unseasonal rain in the area led them to believe that Angie was out there and still alive. He stated to the outlet, We believe Mrs. Fuller is alive. There are certainly water sources in the area that she can access. Our experts to date tell us it's survivable at this time. It was then that he also revealed a little bit more about the circumstances of the last time Angie had been seen. He said that Angie's boyfriend was assisting police with their inquiries and confirmed that his car was searched while in the area. He went on to say something that raised several red flags. Superintendent Ingalls stated, We believe she and her boyfriend had run off into the bush when she was last seen, and we are hoping she has gone to ground in there and is accessing water and giving us an opportunity that we will find her. Run off into the bush? Why had the boyfriend and Angie ran off into the bush? While Superintendent Ingalls didn't elaborate, the boyfriend did, in yet another video he uploaded to social media. He claimed he and Angie had been shot at by a gang before they both ran off into the bush to escape. A couple nights ago, me and my girlfriend got ran off the road, and then we got shot at by a gang, and it just multiplied. More carloads were just blocking up, like, you know, hectically. Like, I mean, we had a 10-minute brief try to get the car out of, you know, 
being bogged, but whatever. Anyways, they um yeah, rocked up and just started shooting. I mean, more cars were just coming, like, what the fuck? It was just running through the bush, and then, like, you know, um, I tried my best, you know, she just told me to fuck off, but I was still stuck, you know, I still try to keep an eye on her, you know, so I let her pass and whatnot, you know, for, you know, watch over and then pass and watch, you know, from behind. Uh, I didn't even realise, like, I thought she was behind me at one stage and she passed me, so I lost, you know, I thought she, I lost it, and I heard her scream. I ran towards the screen, I was like, fuck the gun, I'm coming for you, you know, I just ran as fast as I could, and then, um, you know, but whilst trying to still stay, like, you know, incognito, in which I did, you know, like, I had these cunts all around me, I was just fucking, like, too light on my feet, you know, straight, Alice Springs initiated me, you know, I mean, like, I take that with pride, you know, that's how we grew up, you know, like, it's just in our blood. Not to say that we're bad people, because I'm not a fucking bad person. Like, I mean, I get looked at like a badass, but it just comes with the territory, I suppose, you know? And that's my, like, point of it. But being in this situation, being in a situation like this, I, I, I don't know nobody who has. It's fucking got me just... Shit. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go back and represent my sovereign rights, because I feel like something is not right, like, within what's happening. You know, like, the last thing I heard my missus say, like, that when she screamed that second time, I ran, I was still running, I started running again faster, and I whistled out, and then they stopped. And when I got to that spot, I sussed it out, they were gone. You know, so I, fuck, here we go. Um, slowly, slowly maneuvered my way through, and then I heard it one more time, and she said, get the fuck away from me, screamed it out. And by that time, I was, like, near, near the close to smallest hill going up, I just scunded up that hill and just, I had a perfect, perfect view of my surroundings, but, just, I don't know, still couldn't spot it, you know, and I could spot these blokes, like, all sneaking around, but, yeah, it's fucked, like, anyways, um, this is a quick brief, uh, yeah, I got back and, like, <sighs> Fuck. You try being in a situation like that, and then, like, I don't know, it's, it's too close for home, you know? It's on the Tanamai. It's my home. And, um, yeah, I'm just recording this for my own legal purposes, as that's who I am, you know? Jake Peters, you know? I'm a sovereign man. You know, I don't come under the Commonwealth, and I stated that, and he knew that. You know? Anyways, I'm about to go back, and I'm going to give them hell. Like, if they try to give me any shit, because... They're not even fucking acting upon, like... Acting upon this as, as they should. You know, I don't even think they give a fuck. You know, what am I, just another nigger? Fucking half-cast, quarter-cast at that. Fuck. See how we go. So the boyfriend was now claiming that he and Angie had been surrounded by multiple carloads of people who were shooting at them. He claimed that he had tried to help Angie, but she had told him to, quote, fuck off. 
He heard her scream and ran towards her, but at some point, according to the boyfriend, he was surrounded and lost sight of Angie. It was a pretty fantastical story, one that if true, there would be evidence of, you know, like tire tracks and a multitude of shell casings from the barrage of bullets he claimed were fired. If such evidence has been recovered, police aren't revealing that to the general public. And if the amount of times this guy has felt the need to assert his sovereign citizen status is any indication, it appears the police may not be completely convinced of his story. And even further, it appears Angie's father has his doubts in the boyfriend's story. When speaking to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, he pointed out that at the time, the last confirmed sighting of Angie was actually at a McDonald's in Alice Springs on January 9th. He said, The only evidence we had to support that she actually made it into Alice Springs was some CCTV footage provided by McDonald's where she was last actually seen. While there may be doubt in the truthfulness of the boyfriend, I do want to reiterate that police are asking anyone who may have had been traveling along the Tanami Road in the vicinity of Stort Highway between 10 p.m. on January 9th and 9 a.m. on the 11th and may have had dash cam footage or seen anything suspicious to report it. Are you looking to budget your food expenses because your kids are already eating you out of house and home this summer? I know I am, and that's one of the many reasons I'm thankful for every plate. Get more bang for your bite with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping with no hidden fees, so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. Not only will you save money, but with every plate's menu options, you'll never get stuck in that dreaded dinner rut. With 26 tasty and affordable recipes to choose from each week, including 15 minutes or less dinners and breakfast 24-7, it's easy to find something for every meal of the day. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with up to 22 sides, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. Believe me, all of those snacks are going to come in especially handy during the summer months. You can count on every plate to make mealtimes easier and you never have to compromise on quality. Every plate's recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainably sourced seafood that meets the Monterey Bay Aquarium seafood rankings. So you know your meals will be fresh and flavorful. And now my listeners can save with me. Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code LEAST49. Once again, that's everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code LEAST49. As police asked the public for information, more photos surfaced online. Several of them of Angie and a friend who we're going to call Elle reportedly taken on the road trip from Darwin to Alice Springs, none of which featured the boyfriend. As you can imagine, those photos set off a firestorm online, with every single aspect being critiqued and criticized. Things like, why was Angie wearing several rings, as she frequently did in one photo, 
and less rings in another. Had the photos been altered? Was her smile truly a smile? Why were so many photos taken in the first place? And it went on and on. In my humble opinion, looking at the photos, Angie appears to be happy, posing with friends at various stops along the way. But I'll let you decide for yourself. I'll be sure to post the photos on my social media. Angie's friend Elle also made a now-deleted post on her Facebook. It was a photo of Elle and Angie standing together. Elle's arm around Angie as Elle made a peace sign with her other hand. In the caption, she wrote, I was with Angie from the drive Darwin to Alice Springs. I left her at corner of Tanami Road and Stort Highway at 553. I was in contact with her as she drove to the boyfriend's. I've redacted the name for legal purposes. However, L did post his name. Continuing, she wrote, And last time I spoke to her was approximately 7.30. As of 8.48, she was not replying to any messages. This was at Devil's Marbles on Drive to Alice. That last statement was in reference to where the photo had been taken. And again, at the time of this recording, police have not confirmed this detail publicly, but have stated that they have interviewed multiple people in relation to Angie's disappearance. Many online attacked Angie's friend Elle, accusing her of being involved and lying, and that post, as well as many others, were taken down. It appears that she eventually deleted her Facebook account, as did the boyfriend. While I'm in no way discounting Elle's story, as I've found no concrete evidence that her statements have been misleading, what I will point out is that nearly everyone involved in this case seemingly has a criminal history involving multiple drug charges. Elle has a record, as well as Angie herself. And before anyone comes for me, I'm not bringing this up to cast judgment on anyone, especially Angie Fuller. As I've previously mentioned, at the time Angie went missing, according to family and friends, she was getting her life back on track and working at a center to help those with substance use disorder. We love a good comeback story around here, and it appears Angie was well on her way to writing her own. In a way, that's what makes her story so tragic. Here she was getting her life back together, and now she's just gone. The fact that Angie had a record is just that, simply one fact and a multitude of facts about who she was. And a fact that may have played a role in her disappearance. If people around Angie at the time were still involved with illegal activities, misleading statements could have been given to police, and maybe not even with the intent to obscure cops from finding Angie, but simply to cover up other criminal dealings. However, there is someone involved with a criminal record that is very concerning, and that is, of course, the boyfriend. According to court records that appear to match the name and age of the man claiming to be Angie's boyfriend, in addition to drug charges and multiple violations of court orders, it looks like he has been charged with multiple counts of domestic violence, as well as aggravated assault. Australian court records are a little harder to come by than here in the States, and the details are somewhat limited. But even the little bit of information I was able to find, it's definitely concerning, considering that by this man's own admission, he was one of the last people to be in contact with Angie Fuller. 
The days turned into weeks and the search for Angie continued. On January 20th, so 11 days after Angie had been missing, Mirage News reported that the Northern Territory Police and the Northern Territory Emergency Service had searched a large tract of difficult terrain using foot searches, drones, helicopters, ATVs, motorbikes, vehicles, and specialist local Aboriginal community police officers who have extensive knowledge of the region to try and locate Angie Fuller. And as that search and rescue operation was underway, Assistant Commissioner Michael White told the outlet the police were actively investigating, running a criminal investigation parallel to the search. He addressed accusations that the police weren't doing enough to find Angie and the multiple claims being made on the interwebs about who was involved and what happened, stating, Police are aware of the social media commentary surrounding this incident and can assure the community a thorough investigation is taking place into all aspects of Angie's disappearance. Commissioner White also spoke to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, revealing that they were coming to a critical decision as whether to transition away from a search and rescue mission. The commissioner continued to hold out hope that Angie was alive, but his tone had changed. They had extensively searched, at that time, 380 square kilometers of the area they believed she had last been in, but not found any sign of her. He revealed that as time passed, the serious concerns they had for Angie's safety had only grown, and that Angie had not accessed her bank accounts or social media or made contact with anyone since her disappearance, which was completely out of character. He then went on to speak about an incident that occurred around the time of her disappearance, stating, About the time of her disappearance, there was an incident involving two vehicles, which we believe involved the vehicle Angie was driving and another vehicle. Was this the incident that the boyfriend had claimed happened? The commissioner didn't exactly answer that question and only stated that the man who claimed to be with her at the time of her disappearance had been interviewed by police, and that at this time, they didn't have any suspects in Angie's disappearance. Days later, Commissioner White held another press conference and announced that the search for Angie had been suspended, and they were now treating her disappearance as a homicide investigation. He said that evidence suggested Miss Fuller had disappeared because of, quote, third-party intervention. He went on further to state, I've declared it a serious investigation, and as a result, we are investigating it and treating it as a homicide. While Commissioner White stopped short again of naming a suspect, he did confirm that the man claiming to be Angie's boyfriend was one of the parties involved in the alleged incident on Tanami Road and that he was a person of interest in the case, one of several. The others he chose not to name. He then outlined once again the last time Angie was seen, explaining that the last confirmed sighting of Angie Fuller was at a truck stop just north of Alice Springs at 6.40 p.m. on Monday, January 9th. He continued stating that police believed she was involved in an incident along the Tanami Road, but there had been no sighting of her there that had been confirmed by police. However, Commissioner White said they did believe she was involved with some sort of dispute between two vehicles on the Tanami, one of them being her red Toyota Corolla. 
During the incident, one of the cars was run off the road, and at that point, Angie became separated. He stated, We've spoken to all the parties we have seen, and that is the point we believe Angie became separated from everyone else. As we know, Angie's red Corolla was found abandoned along the Tanami Road about 12 hours after her last confirmed sighting. The timeline is a little hard to follow, and the details given by Commissioner White are the only details that have been confirmed. But if we put everything the police, the boyfriend, Angie's friend L and Angie's father have stated publicly, it goes a little something like this. Angie left Darwin headed to Alice Springs on January 8th. According to L, she was with her on the drive. They stopped off at a few locations along the way taking photos, one of them being at the Devil's Marbles Reservation, which is roughly four hours away from Alice Springs. According to Angie's father, she was spotted on CCTV footage at a McDonald's in Alice Springs on January 9th, although the time is unknown publicly. According to Elle, she last physically saw Angie where they separated at the corner of Tanami Road and Stort Highway at 5.53 p.m. on January 9th. Again, according to Elle, Angie was headed to the boyfriend's. At this point, Angie and Elle remained in contact. That same day, the police have a confirmed sighting of Angie at a truck stop north of Alice Springs at 6.40 p.m. According to Elle, she last spoke to Angie at approximately 7.30, and by 8.48 p.m., Angie stopped responding to messages. The boyfriend reported some type of altercation on Tanami Highway and police confirm there was some type of dispute between Angie's Toyota Corolla and another vehicle. This, of course, after Angie was seen at the truck stop. The boyfriend story doesn't exactly match what the police have stated they believed. To hear him tell it, there were gangs of people in multiple cars spraying bullets everywhere. And as we know, that's not the story told by the police. In mid-February, NT Detective Acting Senior Sergeant Paul Morrissey reassured the public that while the ground search had been suspended weeks earlier, they were certainly still doing everything in their power to find Angie. He announced that a number of items had been located and seized during the investigation, though he wouldn't say what had been found or where. Sergeant Morrissey said NT police continue to make inquiries into the whereabouts of Angie Fuller and continue to search areas of interest as they are identified. As the police continued to investigate, the news about Angie's disappearance faded in the headlines. Months passed and then, on May 26, 2023, the North Territory Police issued an update. To keep things straight, I'm just going to read it directly. It reads, Northern Territory Police are continuing to call for information in relation to the disappearance of 30-year-old Angie Fuller. Detectives are requesting public assistance for information on the movements of two vehicles traveling in the Alice Springs area during the period 9 of January 2023 and 12 January 2023. It goes on to list the vehicles. A 1986 camouflage Daihatsu Rocky with the rear canopy removed, no registration plates. A 1998 silver Nissan Pulsar sedan, NT registration plates. These vehicles are believed to have been traveling on the Stort Highway north of Alice Springs and the Tanami Road 
near the Stort Highway turnoff and possibly on dirt tracks in the area. The current whereabouts of the vehicles are known to police, and detectives are only interested in their movements from the 9 to the 12 of January 2023. They then urged that anyone who had seen these vehicles during that time frame contact the police. Did you catch that? The 86 Camo Daihatsu Rocky with no plates. It could totally be a coincidence, but my mind went right back to sovereign citizens and their unbelief in registering vehicles. Maybe it's just me. That was the last official update, and Angie Fuller remains missing. The police have not confirmed who the vehicles belong to, and I'm not going to speculate further. But I am going to post photos on Instagram and Facebook. For all the photos and more information about Angie's case, be sure to head over to my Instagram, at least underscore of these, or my Facebook, at least of these podcast. If you have any information about the disappearance of Angie Fuller, contact Crime Stoppers at www.nt.crimestoppers.au or call 1-800-333-000. I'll be sure to link this information in the show notes. And as always, I'll be bringing you an all-new episode next Thursday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already so you don't miss it. You can finally get all your episodes ad-free just the way you like them for just $2 a month. And as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Head on over to patreon.com slash least of these to support the show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.